Good morning. It's a good day to meet and talk about Jesus. Amen. Look at that. You're all just so alive this morning. Jenny, wherever you are, thank you for that song. It's it's just amazing. Uh, Taylor was supposed to sing. Pray for her. She got sick and uh, the devil tried to say, Oh, wait till you see the song's going to have nothing to do with your message. Well, newsflash, Satan, it has everything to do with my message. So there. Sorry for that outburst. I titled my message today. It's as lengthy as it's ever been, but 12 reasons why all Christians can be joyful in Jesus every day, every day. Not just today, every day. Because, let's face it, life can be difficult. Life can throw us curves. Boy, there's disasters upon disasters upon disasters out there, aren't there? Every time you turn on the news. um, Circumstances and situations can change in a heartbeat. And not always for the better. But hopefully today's message will be an encouragement. Something to to think about. Uh, when I used to be, before I was retired, the vast majority of my life was spent on the road in sales. <sighs> and yet, came up across and through some crazy stuff over the years and Um, But I found one thing that's so very helpful that I did when things started to get overwhelming. It didn't matter where I was, safely, but it didn't matter where I was, I'd pull off the road. And I would just sit back and I would start to thank God for things in my life. Always started with the first and foremost which was salvation. And sometimes a few minutes and sometimes 20 minutes would go by and then finally I'd have to excuse myself from a wonderful time with the Lord. But boy, it got me back on track. Hopefully, if things are a little tough these days, hopefully today's message will help you either stay on track Or get back on track with him. Let's just take a moment and pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful to be here this morning. We're so thankful for the time we had to worship you, Lord Jesus. And to remember what you've done for us at Calvary. Now, Lord, I pray that. My words would be your words, my thoughts, your thoughts, and just minister to each and every one of us today. Encourage us, challenge us, help us. And we're now so very, very thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, The text today is a very familiar one. 
Many of us as young believers, it was on our list of memory cards of verses that we got. Um, but it's uh, it's always been near and dear to my my heart. And hopefully as we go through this, you'll understand why uh, that is the case. But the book of Galatians. Chapter five, starting in verse twenty two, that's the book of Galatians. Chapter five. Starting in verse twenty two, and it's also up on both sides. When you get eyesight as bad as mine, you kind of you love your Bible. You always will love your Bible. When but I'm here, I'm looking up there because it's just easier to read. But that's just me. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. May the Lord bless the reading of his scripture this morning. These are ten characteristics is the way I want to look at them. That are part of the fruit of the spirit. Um, The moment we're saved the Mormon, the moment we're born again, we have these. We have them. Now, they don't truly manifest themselves like they will as we walk with the Lord and we let him have his way with our life. These take a prominent place in our life. As God develops us as Christians to be used for his service and his honor and his glory. Now, I said 12 because I placed two before these 10 that are the no brainers for us that know him. The first. We're forgiven. We're forgiven. And we're saved. We're saved. Or as I like to put it, I've been rescued. I've been rescued from myself. Pure and simple, which was badly needed. Second, we have eternal life. Come on. (laughs) That's just awesome. Because there's only two places. It's either with Jesus in heaven or hell. There's no burning out and that's the end of it and you're off. No, no. Everyone will end up in heaven or hell. And praise be to God as Christians as today, as born again Christians, not nominal Christians, but born again Christians. We have what I like to call a fast pass, don't we? We have a fast pass. And it's going to be fast if we're part of the privileged in the rapture. I'm not big like the young folks and some of you older folks. I don't really get into the rush thing at the 
at the fairs in Disneyland. I don't enjoy the rush. But I can guarantee you this is one rush I'll be looking forward to. <laughs> Guaranteed. But what we want to look at this morning, besides those two, as I call them no-brainers, we want to look at the characteristics of verses 22 and 23 of Galatians 5. And the first characteristic is love. It's God's love. It isn't love that is between a man and a woman. It isn't love that's a friendship with friends and family and, and, and people we know. It's God's love. And I can't find a better definition for it anywhere than in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8a. It's just, it just explains it so clearly. Starting in verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Does not take into an account a wrong suffered. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Wow. And we were given that. We were given that. I did not have it. Um, but before that, a quote that really, as Vernon McGee says, brings the rubber to the road about love, God's love. A quote, those who deserve love least, those who deserve love least need it the most. They need it the most. Those are the challenges to let God have his way in our life so we can display that love when in our flesh we might want to shoot the person. But that's not an option. That's not an option for a child of God. Before I was saved, I was not lovable. I wasn't interested in loving anybody but myself. But that's before I was saved. Now I can love. Because he loved me and gave me his love. We live so much in a me generation today. Me, me, me. I, I, I. I saw something that I found so disturbing. At Applebee's at the men's luncheon, there were some ladies uh, a little ways away 
And this woman comes in and she's laughing and she's she's happy. And they all are saying, congratulations, you're now a grandmother. And she goes, oh, no, I'm a grand me. Really? (laughs) Either she hopefully hasn't seen the child yet that will melt her hard heart. But she definitely needs Jesus. Really does. We have to lose self. And let God have his way in our life. And it's a good life. The second characteristic is joy. A quote. God's joy is not a surge of emotions. Joy isn't jolliness. Joy is the perfect result of obedience to God's will in our lives. There's a song I love. Um, and it's titled, Since Jesus Came Into My Heart. But I really love it a lot. And um, the refrain goes this way. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Floods of floods of joy or my soul like a sea billow rolls since Jesus came into my life. Now, I want you to think about when you were first saved. I also want you to just go with me for a minute because we want to take advantage of the sea billows roll. How many have been to the ocean, the beach? Okay, that's good. They just came up slowly. All right. I was getting a little worried there. The Pacific's only an hour away. It's not that hard to find it. Okay, but okay. And I will trust that most of you, like me, ventured into it, although here it would be a lot different than in Hawaii when you step into it. But when you get used to it, sooner or later, if you hang around for a little bit, a a wave will sneak up on you, won't it? And it'll give you a whack. But after you survive it, you realize that wasn't so bad. That's what the songwriter has in mind, I think, about the sea billows roll. That joy, that relief, that peace that hits us once we've been forgiven. Once we take in the life we now have, that joy just can go crazy, can it? It really can. And it's okay if it does. I went and I worked at the time when I got saved in a very worldly environment, um, sort of very sophisticated. There was a branch that sold big yachts to rich, rich people, but everybody kind of worked together overall and... It was a Monday and a lot, a lot of people that, cause I had to go around, um, and see a lot of people that day at that, our, our place of business. They'd say, Hey, how are you? What'd you do on the weekend? Glad you asked. I have a new life in Jesus Christ. 
and I've been forgiven. And my life has never been better. To which, most of the time, I got, oh, wow. Oh, good, good. But I, I just didn't care. I was one happy guy. A um, couple of weeks later, we had a little festivity. Uh, it was close to um, some holiday, I guess. And uh, the owner of the company says, why don't we just calm down for a minute? We're going to do something a little unusual. I've decided I'm going to have Reverend Murray give thanks. And unbeknownst to me, that's the nickname I got. But for me, it was a badge of honor. I wasn't ashamed of that. I was thankful. Joy. It's a wonderful thing. The third characteristic is peace. John 14, 27 states it well. The peace that we receive from our Savior. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Nor let it be fearful. Peace is just a wonderful thing. If you're not born again, you can try as hard as you can to fabricate peace. But there's nothing like it. This side of heaven. It's just a wonderful thing. We become so relieved, don't we? The fourth characteristic is patience. A couple of quotes on patience. This was a hard one for God to work in me. You know, we we may have slight um, tendencies in some of these before we're saved, but means nothing. Nobody has these characteristics before they're saved. If somebody says to you, oh, I was a very loving person, I was, I was so loving, nothing like the love of God. It's a fallacy. But thanks, thank be to God that it's ours now and we can have it. We all leaned in certain tendencies, but one of mine that was not even around was patience. A quote, patience on the road may often prevent Patience in the hospital. <laughs> Guilty. I know I'm the only driver here that's ever gotten impatient. Sorry, guys. This one's going to hit hard for some of you. Living would be easier if men showed as much patience at home as they do when they're waiting for the fish to bite. Oh, ouch. See, it doesn't affect me because I don't fish, but 
I would, I'd be guilty anyway. The next characteristic is kindness. That's our fifth characteristic. I love this quote. Kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. How about that? Mark Twain. A little word of kindness spoken, a motion or a tear has often healed a heart that's broken and made a friend sincere. Kindness. If we really think about it, as Christians, it should not be hard to be kind. Over a period of time, it should just really ooze out of us. If we're really walking with God. Goodness. Our sixth characteristic. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 27. Says it well. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is in your power to do it. Goodness. I think of, I think of the shoebox ministry when I think of goodness. When those kids in all those countries where things aren't good, things are tough, things are hard. That's goodness when they open those boxes. I'm a big Franklin Graham fan. I love the man. Here's an interesting quote on it. Nothing is so popular as goodness. Benjamin Franklin. Nothing is so popular as goodness. Our next characteristic is faithfulness. This is our seventh characteristic. It is not success that God rewards, but faithfulness in doing his will. And I've shared this one before, but again, it's so... It so describes faithfulness. Faith is dead to doubt, dumb to discouragement, blind to impossibilities, and knows nothing but the success in God. Amen. Amen. And in First Timothy. 6.12, it really shows, it really tells how much faith is at the core of our lives. Fight the good fight of faith. 
take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We can never be shy about our faith. We can never hide from our faith. We can never, should never be ashamed of our faith. It is what keeps us going. Faith and trust. It really does. Gentleness, the eighth characteristic. Another quote, a Christian should be a person who can disagree without being disagreeable. Let me repeat that one. A Christian should be a person who can disagree without being disagreeable. Another one, the gentleness of Christ is the most becoming ornament that a Christian can wear. William Arno, a preacher in the 1800s in Scotland, said that. It isn't your first, and I'm part Scottish, so don't get after me. It isn't your first thought of the Scotsman, okay? Especially if you've seen the movie with Mel Gibson, you know. For centuries, we were a pretty rowdy bunch. But how about that? Wear it like an ornament, like a band, like next to the flag, if you have a flag. Most becoming. Ninth characteristic, self-control. You can't accuse me of meddling on this one because I had zero self-control before I went in the Coast Guard. I learned the theory of self-control, tried to apply it, so-so did. But the self-control we get as Christians is such a marvelous thing. It really is. Self-control in certain situations can literally speak volumes to people. It is not us who has the self-control. It is not us. It is Christ in us. Always remember who our number one enemy is, if you've forgotten I'll tell you, I'll give you a glimmer, who's number two? The devil. Ooh. Number one. The person you look at in the mirror every morning is your number one enemy. Because the potential there is dangerous, full of the flesh. But with Christ, it can be subdued. That's encouraging. That really is. Self-control. Now, the last one isn't really so much a characteristic, but it is a great promise and a great truth. 
The statement is against such things there is no law. These characteristics, the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, no law can condemn. No law can condemn. No law can erase. And no law can change this truth about these characteristics. Once saved, forever saved. The Holy Spirit is in us, and so are the fruit of the Spirit and these characteristics. Now, how fast they develop in us varies how willing we are to let Christ have his way in our life. That's a key. They're there. God forbid they're ever dormant in our life. How sad that would be. But these characters will show themselves and become more of us as we let Christ have our life and do with it as he wishes. Direct? One goes with the other. But it is not an overnight project for anyone. But it is a great project. And it is a great encouragement to see what God can do. And as we grow in Christ, in our walk with him, These characteristics actually have a great built-in alarm system for us. And as a young Christian, I I discovered this. It was very troubling as as, as I understood it and and it developed. But when we have unconfessed sin in our life that we're holding on to, holding on to our will, holding on to what we decide is better for us than him, we will grieve the Holy Spirit. That's a guarantee. It's in there. The Spirit of God will become quenched. Here's the alarm system. The self-control that we've developed will start to slip. The love that he's manifested in us will start to disappear. The patience that we've been started, people have started to know us for disappears because he's no longer in control. But the minute we humble ourselves, We confess our words or our actions, whatever they be. It's different for different people. And we humble ourselves before him and we fall before him and ask his forgiveness. Plead for forgiveness. Seek his forgiveness. He will give it. 
And guess what happens? Those wonderful characteristics start to come back. You see, it is those characteristics in us that people notice in our workplace, in our neighborhoods, in schools, in, 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 in where you shop, because they're undeniable. Not everybody has them. It, they are infectious. People will ask you about what it is about you. That's one of the fringe, fringe benefits as we grow in Christ. Okay, with eyes closed, heads bowed. The last thing I want to read to you is something, a quote that I have really enjoyed over the years. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Do you believe that your sins are forgiven and that Christ has made a full atonement for them? Then what a joyful Christian you ought to be. You should be living above the common trials and troubles of this world. Since sin is forgiven, can it matter what happens to you now? Luther said, smite, Lord, smite, for my sin is forgiven. If you have forgiven me, smite as hard as you will. And in a similar spirit, we may say, send sickness, poverty, losses, crosses, persecution, what you will. You have forgiven me and my soul is glad. Christian, if you are saved, and you are glad. Be grateful and loving. Cling to that cross which took away your sins and serve Christ who served you. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice accepted to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not let your zeal evaporate in some little spark of song. Show your love in expressive tokens. Love the brethren of him who loved you. Spurgeon. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time. We are so blessed. We are so hopeful. We are so thankful for the life we have in you. Help us to give it over to you every day of our life. Help us to look to you for our strength. And let us be a blessing and an encouragement to others. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.